Hey, everybody. Hi. We are back, 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 back. I'm Cody. I'm Emily. And we are back with another episode of Misery Manor. But, as always, before we get started, what should you do, Emily? Leave your manners at the door. You heard her at the door. Now. Good evening, good night, and hello. We're back. It's Emily with the Y and Cody with the Y. Oh, and it's actually <laughs> the morning for you guys. Is it really? Oh, yeah. I was like, wait, what? You're right. We are filming at night to supply you with shit in the morning. I hope we're not filming because I look like a Oh, recording, lady. Whatever, 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 whatever. Oh, my God, your eye. But um, I have two. Yeah, but that one, I would do it again. Uh, oh, I, hate I don't have that. to make the noise. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, first things first. Um, we had a lot of um great feedback from um the haunted asylum episode. It seemed oh, to be yeah. doing really well. Um, we do have a lot of books that we're currently reading. Um, to supply more. I think the next one we're gonna do is haunted exorcisms? or exorcism, real exorcisms, yeah. which are creepy. So I've let Emily do her, um work on that one because yeah. that will keep me up all night because uh, i've been exercising for it um speaking of exercises i, I need to get on the, to that tomorrow Maybe. um because i eat way too many easter bunny eggs Ugh. and peeps which i don't even like peeps oh my god i was just sitting about eating them last night Ugh, they're so weird but if you stick them in the microwave have you heard of that and yeah. they get huge like yeah. huge um, anyways. Is that what you and Josh are doing this week? <laughs> no, but we've done, or I've done that before in the past and it's hilarious. But yeah, I hope everybody had a happy, happy Easter. Um, I hope you, you know, did whatever you need to do on the good Lord's day, if that's what you wish and that's what you study. But we're going to get back to some dark shit, um, because this is a true crime podcast for those of you who did not know. And our case today, well, my case today that I'm going to be reading to you all is... I don't even know the words. Like, it makes you... What is, like, your... There's ner- not what, an adjective to describe What is it. your, like... If you read something that's super uncomfortable, what is, like, something that you do? Like, for instance, like, me, for some reason, I, I like, put my, um, like, my hands in my lap, like, as, like, comfort, I guess. Or, like, like I sit on my hands, you know? Mm-hmm. Or I, like, com- like start wiping my eyes, like, scribe, like, because I guess cause I, I can't like, fathom. I, like, grab my head and I'm like, ah! Yeah, like... Well, I don't think you would scream. At oh, I scream all the time when I'm researching. But I felt nauseous. Um, I was driving while I was like listening to an oh, episode no. on this or to a um, 2020 special on this. No, was it 2020 or forensic? One of the two. And I was like, oh my god, I need to pull over because I can't even imagine this being described on 2020. I don't think it was 2020. Maybe it was like forensic files. One of the two, or maybe it's something on YouTube. I don't know, but. Whoa. It's insane. So I'm going to go ahead and get into this, baby, because girl, <laughs> this shit is fucking... I'm going to get all the laughs out now. Hee-hee-how. 
Because there will be no laughing in this episode because this is so gut-wrenching. Okay. What this, so... I am just going to tell you right now that I might start laughing if I'm really uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Like a lot of people do. Right. Like me. So without further ado, this one. Okay. So this is called 44 Days of Hell, and it's the murder and torture of Junko Furuta. So let me, I'm going to give you some background information on her. So this story actually takes place in Japan, uh, not too far from Tokyo, in a small suburban area. So Tokyo, we think of Tokyo, it's huge. This is like a little bitty, like, countryside. Okay. Um, so not in, like, the metropolitan area no, of it. No. Okay. Nope. And this town has, like, relatively low crime as well. So okay. keep that in mind. So Junko was a normal teenage girl, and at the time of the crime, she will be 16 years old. Okay. So Junko was absolutely beautiful. She was very intelligent. She made excellent grades. She loved to study. She loved to learn new things. Um, Junko had like a really like a goody tissues vibe about her. Tissue? Is it tissue? No, I think it's like two shoes. Two shoes. Kind of like a, isn't a two shoe like a butt? I don't know, but so she had whatever that is. <laughs> she had, okay, she was a goody goody. <laughs> Junko was a goody goody. She never drank. She never partied. She never smoked. She never did any recreational drugs. And the reason why I say that is because the high school that she went to was particular. Um, it was very common for that time. Okay. So a lot of the kids took part in partying. All that stuff Junko never did. So even though she was like had this good girl image, she was a prude, she was kind of nerdy, she was actually very, very, very popular. And in Japanese culture, though, I was doing some research on it. If you were like the smart girl, you were very popular. You know, because like here, as long as you're like blonde and pretty and like a cheerleader, you're popular. Mm-hmm. There, if you're like steady and you're smart, those were the popular kind of girls. And I think it's because in like, you know, Asian culture, the they they want you to become like lawyers and doctors and stuff and it's very common but they just seem more mature than right exactly so she was very 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 popular she was nice she was caring she helped everybody out she girls wanted to be like her boys wanted to be with her um so in this high school there was a boy named hiroshi um he spent all of his time in school bragging to his peers and he would be like listen you better not mess with me because i have deep-rooted ties with the yakuza um, which, if you're not familiar, the so like imagine the Italian mafia, um, but in Japan. So Hiroshi obviously is a very well-known school school bully, and he used this tactic to get what he wanted. So like he would go up to people and be like, "If you don't give me this or you don't do that, um, I have connections with the yakuza, and they will come and hurt you and your family." Is it true though? Uh, yes, we'll get to that. So. A lot of the students took this very seriously. A lot of them knew the Yakuza. Um, they actually recruited people from those high schools. So, like, oh they didn't God. put it past him that he knew somebody from there. So, they would just rather not, you know, be... Uh, entertain uh, it. Entertain it, right. So, he would use this tactic to his advantage, and he would get whatever he wanted. So, some reports say that Junko did not believe that Hiroshi had connections to the Yakuza. And some reports state that she believed him. She just didn't realize how bad that it could be or that he would actually do it. She thought maybe he was, like, all bark and no bite. Um, And I say this because Hiroshi started crushing hardcore on Junko. And he really, 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 really liked her. And he was too nervous to ask her at first. But he thought to himself, I'm tough. I have connections with the Yakuza. People are threatened by me. I'm going to ask Junko out. So he goes up to her, spits his game, and it backfires. Um, Junko declined his offer. She basically told him, like, look, I'm not trying to be rude, but, like, 
I'm not looking for a relationship. I'm 16 years old. I'm not really wanting to date anybody right now. Nothing to do with you. I think you're great. I'm just really focusing on my school and my future career. Um, like I said, not mean about it. She didn't make fun of him. She was just being honest. Okay. And Hiroshi was livid. Okay. Like in that moment? Or yeah, like... in that moment. Like he stormed off. And she even like felt uncomfortable. Like, oh. So um, he, he went to his friends and he was like, how dare she say no to me of all people? Um, so a few days after the rejection, he and his friend, um, I'm, his name is Shinji Minato, but I'm just going to call him Minato. So him and his friend Minato got together and like to give you some insight on the two, this is going to sound really weird, but they were both experienced gang rapist. Um, at the, yep. At the ripe young age of 15. (gasps) Okay. They knew exactly how to look for their victims. They would go hang out at these parks where a lot of people would go and they would pick out a victim. This area that they lived in was, like I said, pretty safe. So there was a lot of women that would like walk home from work, go on jogs alone. They would go outside to enjoy some fresh air. Um, They would just go to the parks to like read books, you know, whatever. But how is that safe if they're being preyed on? Because this does, this happens in private and people don't speak about it. Um, so oh. yeah, so I'm, I'm going to get how they would lure these people in. So needless to say, because they were experienced, they were experts at picking out the women. Um, they were good at like ca- catching on to like the women's behavior. So they were looking for women that would not cause a scene that seemed a little bit like sheltered and reserved. Um, they wanted to pick women out that wouldn't cause a commotion. So they did this, they would sit at the park and they would study the women for a while before, uh, picking up their victim. They would stalk them. Exactly. So, um, just to reference again, this is something that the boys did often, like almost daily, um, like an afternoon ritual. They would get off of school, go hang out, and then they would go to the park. Um, right. So on November of 1988, Hiroshi and Minato are at the park and right around 8.30 PM, the two boys see Junko riding on her bike headed home. She had a, um, she had a job after school so that so she was going home from work. And so the two boys decided, oh my gosh, she's the one. You know, Junko rejected Hiroshi. We need to get her. Um, How she, you know, they were like, how she treated Hiroshi is unacceptable. And we need to get payback for her. She's a beautiful girl. So we're going to pick her of all these people. So Hiroshi told Minato, okay, this is how we're going to do it. You're going to pretend to be an innocent bystander and just pretend like you don't know me. So they wanted to like play like the heroic bystander like effect so okay so and i'm going to tell you how that worked out so <clears throat> hiroshi went up to junko and she said it caught like it was very caught off guard and she was like oh hi you know what are you doing she was nervous because she had just rejected him right okay um and like she was visibly upset she was nervous she was kind of intimidated at the same time so Junko decides to leave this awkward encounter. So she was like, okay, I gotta go. So she gets on her bike to take off <clears throat> and Hiroshi kicks her bike wheel um, and Junko goes toppling over the bike and she falls to the pavement. So as she's on the ground, that's Minato's uh, clue to run up. And he's like, hey, cut it out. What are you doing to her? Are you crazy? Leave her alone. Now, at first I was like, wait, wouldn't she know that they're friends? He didn't go to the same school. Okay, so she had. Right. So she had no idea who he was. So, you know, he was like, are you crazy? Leave her alone. And he like went up to her and was like, you know, coddling her. So Junko's like looking up at this guy who pretty much saved her. And she's like, wow, you know, you didn't have to do that. 
um, he, you know, that guy's a little bit crazy. We go to the same school. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you had to see all this. So Minato helps Junko back on her bike, and he's like, hey, well, you know, he's still over there, and he's kind of keeping an eye out on you. Do you want me to just walk you home so that you can be sure you get there safely? And Junko was like, well, yeah, you know, that'd be nice if you don't mind. I'm, you know, it's getting late. I'm a little bit nervous. Um, I am kind of scared that he's going to follow me home. So, you know, if you don't mind, that would be great. So Junko gets off her bike and starts to walk, um, you know, with the bike next to mm -hmm. her and Minato on the other side. Um, so Minato strums up a conversation with Junko. Um, and Junko will, like, cut him off occasionally and be like, okay, we're going to take a ride up here to give directions to her house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but he didn't listen to her. So she was kind of like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? Like, he's not going the right direction. And he was like, oh, no, 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 no. We need to stop and get something along the way. Like, we'll eventually go there. Just No. So she was like, oh my gosh. So then Junko eventually no. comes to realize that Minato had led her to an abandoned warehouse. Um, and she knew this warehouse because it was kind of famous. And this warehouse had ties to the Yakuza. They would hang out here. Um, so she was like, oh, no. So Junko becomes very visibly worried and, like, very scared. So Minato reveals to her, he's like, hey, yep, you're not an idiot. You should be scared. I have ties with the Yakuza as well. Um, and if you try to run away, I'm going to have the Yakuza kill you and your entire family. So she was like, oh, my God. So Junko being 16. <laughs> Junko being 16 and, like, terrified to death. Um, she comes to realize, obviously, this was a total setup, and that the two boys most likely knew each other, you know, it's all coming to realization. Um, she's like, but these are not somebody that I should, like, mess around with. Mm -hmm. So, she was like, you know what, I better comply with whatever he wants me to do. So, Minato takes Junko's hand and leads her into the abandoned warehouse, rips off her clothing, and proceeds mm -hmm. to rape her. From there, he threatens her with more of the Yakuza connections. He threatens her, he's like, I'm going to take you to a nearby hotel. You can wash up. You can clean off. We'll get you some comfy clothes. You can have you some dinner and some water. Everything is going to be just fine. Just, you know, listen After to me. After he raped Yeah, him. just listen to me and you'll be fine. So Junko, you know, listens. And they go to a nearby hotel. They check into the room. Minato rapes her yet again. But it does not stop there. Minato calls Hiroshi and the other two friends. So the other two friends' name is Joe Ogura and Yasushi Wantanabe, but I'm just going to say Joe and Wantanabe. Okay. So the two friends also have ties to the Yakuza, and they are both in high school as well. They're around 16 years old. He calls them, and he brags about what he had just done to Junko, and he goes on and on and on about what, what occurred. So when I first read this, I was like, is Hiroshi going to be pissed? Because, like, that was his girl, you know? Mm. Nope. So uh, after Monado bragged to his friends about what he had just done, Hiroshi was like, wait, 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 wait. Don't let her go. I want my turn at raping her. So he was like, oh, okay, yeah, I can keep her. Because he was just going to let her go. So oh then Joe's begging as well. Yes, keep her, keep her, keep her, keep her, keep her. Just wait to release her after we all have a go at her. Who's paying for the hotel? I don't know. Sorry. I, I'm, mean, I, have, like, I mean, they're ties with the Yakuza. School. I'm sure the guys could give them money. Oh, okay. So, with that, around 3 a.m., once everything was quiet outside, Minato left the hotel with Junko and took her to the nearby park where Hiroshi, Joe, and yes, uh, Minato were waiting. Mm -hmm. So, they said to one another, you know, Junko is really pretty. 
she's very smart we can let we cannot let one like her go after we're finished with her there's no way we might not get an opportunity with someone like this again and she could also go back and tell everybody at school what we just did so the gang all decided it was not a good idea to let her go that they would just it would just be best if they held her hostage and kidnapped her okay well they've already kidnapped her but okay mm -hmm. right so at that point, they go through her backpack and they rummage through all of her belongings and they find her, her little diary and in it was her home address. Um, and they start, ta they start taunting her with it. They were like, okay, well, now we know where your family lives. And if you ever try to escape, I'm just going to send the Yakuza to this address and they'll kill your entire family and you will have no one to go back to. So why even try? Don't even think about it. So there wow, was no at 16. Right. And there was no reason for her not to believe, right? Like she was like, "Oh my god, no." Well, they're... I mean, they've already done what they said they were going to do. They said they were going to take her to a hotel. They took her to a hotel. Yep. So they proceeded to gang rape Juko once again. So then after they did that, the boys were like, "Wait. We all live with our parents. Whose house are we going to keep her at? Where are we going to keep her?" They decided to bring her to Minato's house because it was like their regular hangout spot. So they thought that no one would really think or any question any of them. Um, so they bring Junko to Monado's house. This part has made me want to throw up. So they walk in the door and they immediately are confronted by Monado's parents. And they're like, hey, how are you boys? How's everything going? Um, and, you know, the parents are like, um, um, they're like, hey, this is Monado's new girlfriend, Junko. So the family's like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. You know, I'm so-and-so's parents. And Junko was so scared, not only for her safety, but like her entire family that's like playing in the back of her head. Um, she says, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Junko. And I mean, they thought that was his girlfriend. Because they're not part of the Yakuza? Mm-mm. Oh my God. So the next day, Junko's parents contact the police because their daughter's missing. And they told the police, you know, we saw her right before school. She was going to go to work right after school. Um, she was going to return before dark. Like, oh, she never made it back. This is not like Junko. We don't know what to do. Like, she has never, this is not like her at all. So the police got word out to the community that Junko's missing and she's not showing up at school. And Hiroshi caught wind of this and he's pissed. He's like worried. He's like, oh my God, stupid fucking parents. Junko, oh my God. Stupid fucking yeah. you. Right. It's so, obviously she can be, like, she went to work so they can confirm that. So exactly. it's just that time. Right. So this is what he did. He was like, you know what? I think I have an idea. So he forced Junko to call her parents and tell her that she hated living with them. She hated her life with them. She wanted to go explore freedom. He made her say, like, you know, you're too, you're too controlling. You, you control my life i've never felt freedom before i can't live with you 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 know you're this you're that you're horrible just leave me alone and um and she was like and you need to stop the police search for me i'm fine i'm going to live with a friend like stop just stop all of it you're gonna make it worse if you ever want to see me again stop the police search so her parents believed in and they were just heartbroken you're lying i mean they didn't know what to do they're like what okay and obviously Junko was held against her will to say that. So She literally got to speak to them. Yeah, on the phone. So Jun Junko uh, hung up the phone. The boys were pleased. They felt secure that the search would stop. And this is when the 44 days of torture began. So the 44 days of torture will take place in Minato's house while the parents and brother are all there. At first I was like, how did they not hear this? 
the parents later testified that they knew that this was going on, but they were so scared of their son and his ties with the Yakuza that they were scared that they were going to die. He was like, they threatened us all the time. Like, I was scared. I didn't know what to do. I don't really know what to think about that. Right. Okay. So, no. No. But that makes me think... They say some more fucked up shit later, so just wait. So, within those 44 days, the boys, the four boys alone, okay, will rape Junko over 400 times. Now, all of this that I'm saying, like, all these, these are, this is stuff that the boys admitted to doing, okay, in the court. 400 times over 44 days? Four days, Mm -hmm. between the four, between the four. So, to make matters worse... The boys wanted respect and high ranking from the Yakuza members, so they would invite over 100 other men to come in throughout the next 44 days and also take part in raping Junko. So police suspected that Junko was raped at least 600 times in those 44 days and around 12 men a day. It was also known that they would rape her so many times that the men would lose their stamina, so they would force Junko to dance around, pleasure herself in front of them, they would put on, like, really promiscuous, like, music and have her almost be, like, a stripper so that they can get aroused again and just continue to rape her. Because they were raping her so many times, they were, like, not getting hard. But it's, like, then what's the point of doing it? Right. Go to bed, bitch. So, <laughs> the torture started off with starving Junko for days. and But they wanted to have fun with this concept. So, this is, like, all of that they're doing to her, They this is, like, fun for them, which is sick. So they would allow her to eat. They said, Junko, you know what? You've been starved long enough. You're going to scream at this part. I already know it because you're going to hate this. But they were like, Junko, you know, we'll let you eat. But you're only allowed to eat one thing. It's going to be poop. No, they gave her a bowl of live live cockroaches. And they said, if you're that hungry, you'll eat these. I knew the minute you said cock. Yeah. Yep. So. They were alive? They were alive. So. She would eat it because obviously she's hungry and they would force her to drink a shit ton of water that day. And for the next couple of days, she was only allowed to drink her own urine. So she was eating cockroaches. Are you going to cry? No. Okay. I thought you were like losing your voice. No, I'm not going to cry. I'm a man. So they made her drink a lot of water so, so that, that she, she could purposely pee. have to pee a lot. And she, they, that's what she would drink. So, which, ew, but it gets worse. So they were like, well, this isn't fun. But they were like, but I'm kind of turned on by this. So then the boys started taking turn urinating in her mouth as a form of humiliation. So to further this, they would beat up Junko daily for any given reason. They were upset, beat her up. They were bored, beat her up. Oh, you hurt your foot at work today? Beat her up. Anything and everything, they would beat her up. She wasn't at work. How could she? Like them. Like they would, she would, there'd be times where she would like be there by herself. So how did she have enough time to ever be by herself if she was being raped so many times? I know. So Junko was not trying to escape. They said she was not trying to say no. Um, they would just beat this poor girl up. Um, so they would take turns beating her up. Like I said, they would force her to sing and dance and they made her smile when she did. So they were like, when we beat you up, you need to smile like you like it. So this is all to me. It's just like all control. A game. All of it yeah. is control. Like even the sex part. It's not to be pleasured. Right. So then the boys were getting upset because their fists were getting severely bruised and scratched up from beating her. 
So they were like, Ugh. so then stop. Yeah. So they're like, well, no, we don't want to stop. So they're like, why don't we grab those baseball bats, those golf clubs and those bamboo sticks and use those. Oh so God. they would beat Junko for up to two hours a day on that. Like they would, she would be like human pinata. And they would just boom, boom, boom. Are bamboo sticks like extremely oh, heavy? Yeah, and a lot of people use them as a form of torture in other countries. So, again, the boys got super tired of this method, and they were like, "Ugh, this isn't fun anymore. What should we do next?" So they decided to hang Junko upside down from the ceiling, and use her as a punching bag for their workouts. So they would kick and punch her over and over again. Oh my god! Um, and she was like a bloody pulp. Um, so, however, they were having fun with this. This tactic was tiring. And the boys thought, maybe the roof wasn't strong enough to support the weight. They were like, what else could we do? And they thought, hmm, I have an idea. So they lie her on the floor. This is horrible. They get a ladder and they get those huge barbells and dumbbells at the, um, that you see at the gym. And they drop them on her stomach. So they're like 50 pound weights, dropping them How on her stomach. How does she not die from that? I don't know. Isn't well, so I'm going to tell you the trauma that she had from this. So they would drop it directly onto her stomach. So this is the one thing that really started the downward spiral from Junko because after a couple of days of them doing this, she lost complete control of her bowel movements. Well, yeah, so, cuz it's all crushed. Right. So the weight of the weights were drop dropping had completely destroyed the muscle and the reflexes used to control those movements. So she was continuously urinating on not only herself, but on the floor, on the carpet, on the furniture, everywhere. And the boys were pissed. What day is this? I don't know what day this is, but it's in the first 10 days. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So she survives a month after that. Yep. Yeah. So um, the boys are pissed that she's peeing on herself. Um, so they start doing experiments with her. So <sighs> I'm not going to say, like, they start insert, inserting a lot of objects in her. And I'm not going to say, like, what they did. I'm just going to list off the objects. So, glass bottles, iron bars, scissors, roasting needles. That's what you put, like, kebabs on. Yep. Um, and they would insert fireworks into her rectum and then set, set them off, causing insane burns all over her body. And then after that, the boys would sodomize her and rape her right after. So... Obviously, aside from, like, the mental and emotional pain that Junko's going through, like, take a moment to think about the sheer pain, aside from all of that, what she's going through. Like, the physical I, pain? The physical pain, yeah. Besides the mental and emotional. Like, that pain is ungodly that she's going through. I just would... I'm... How is she not in... Well, I don't really know, like, when you go into shock, like, how... She's about to. How would you live through... I know. So, she's... Listen. So, the boys decided to take it a step further they ripped uh, Junko's nipples off using pliers and they punctured her boobs with sewing needles and left them in her breast there was over 400 needles to in her breast kind of like a voodoo doll but the boys were like Ugh, this is not enough I'm not satisfied what else can we do so the boys were like let's start. and all this time other men are coming in and out and in and out her. in and out in and out yep so the boys were like let's start burning her let's burn her so the boys would get lighters and burn her all over. They would take out cigarettes all over her skin, causing wounds everywhere. They would also tape candles to her eyelids and let them slowly burn so that her eyes and eyelids would burn uh, slowly burn with hot wax, causing them to burn shut in some instances. And they would beat her, but she, couldn't, she wouldn't be able to see them, like where they were and what they were using. 
So then this is like, okay, this is out of all of this, this is like the one thing that like, oh, this is horrible. So, so light bulbs, do you know how they work? So light bulbs cannot get too hot or that's how they burst, right? Yep. So the boys would heat up light bulbs, force them into her vagina and wreck them, wreck them. And then once it was in, they would punch the light bulb or apply extreme pressure until it exploded inside of her. And Emily, at this point, we're only 11 days into the 44 days of hell. So on the 11th day, yeah. God, I did not know it was this bad. Yeah, so on the 11th day mark, Junko was completely unable to breathe through her nose because she had so much swelling everywhere. And Junko had insane internal organ damage that her body was refusing to allow her to take in food or water, which pissed the boys off. Um, they did not want her to die. They wanted her alive so they could continue to torture her. So anytime they would feed her, she would immediately throw up. At this point, she's severely emaciated. She's so dehydrated. Junko was slipping in and out of consciousness on the daily. When the, soul, when the boys saw that she would slip into con- unconsciousness, um, they would dunk her head in cold water and then she would wake up and they were like, oh, good, good. She's still alive. We can continue. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Does it describe if she's like laying down or sitting i just can't imagine she could hold her body no yeah she's laying down the majority of the time so now we're going to turn our attention to a guy named ihara ihara i don't know if that's how you say it but i that's i think that's how you say it ihara and he also has connections with the yakuza he was a younger member and he hung out with the boys from time to time but they weren't like super close by any younger yeah he was around like 15 Ihara was one of the 100 Yakuza members that would come in and partake in Junko's rape. So he tells the boy, like, whoa, 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 whoa. She looks like she's in a lot of pain. I don't even think I can get turned on anymore. She looks horrible. Her body and, like, once beautiful features are so messed up. Like, she's bleeding. She's swollen. She looks horrible. Like, I cannot do this anymore. So the boys are like, what are you, gay? What are you talking about? Don't be a wuss. If you can't continue, then you can't be a part of the Yakuza anymore. You need to rape her. So he was scared and he raped her again, but he runs home and he tells his brother and his brother tells his parents and the, par- the parents are like, what the hell? So they call the police and explain what they were told. They were like, look, we have the address. It's at the Monada family's residence. You need to act quick. There's a girl there. She's being raped. She's being tortured. She's being held against her will. You need to get there now. They're going to kill her. So the police did not take lightly to this and they immediately head over to the Monado residence. They knock on the door and the parents answered it. They're like, hi. And they were like, hi, we got a call because we heard that there's a woman here being held captive, um, being raped. And the parents were like, what? Not sure what you're talking about, but you can talk to our sons. Maybe they know what you're referring to. So the boys come down and they're like, hi, officer, you know, how can I help you? What's the problem? The officers were like, hey, we have reports of a girl being assaulted in this house. Have you heard anything about it? And um, the boys were like, no, 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 no. I think you like might have the wrong house. That's so odd. You know, we've been at school. You're more than welcome, though, to come inside if you'd like, and I can show you around the house. And the officer said, oh, no, no, no. I believe you. It was probably just a mistake. I'm so sorry about that. Um, if you hear anything, just let us know. But, you know, thank you for your time. And they went on about their day. And this was 16 days into her captivity. And what do you think the conversation was between the boys and the parents when they left? Right. I don't know. They're probably like, who the fuck told? (laughs) 
So needless to say, they were not even halfway through their tor her torture at this point. And just to give you an update on the cops, like once this came to light, the cops were fired and they received a lot of hate, a lot of backlash within the community. They had to change their name because people were so livid. They were like, you could have saved her. Um, what they did was not like standard protocol. Mm -hmm. You can't just trust somebody's word and leave. So the medical examiners later, examiners, and the forensic experts, after viewing the testimonies of the guys, they were able to determine if the police had gone in there and found Junko, she would have been able to make a recovery at that state and time that she was in and live. Really? Yep. Okay, so by this time, it's the beginning of December. Junko was able to quietly and carefully get a hold of a phone. How? They weren't home. And How she, could she move? So she crawled. So listen, so she's she's been left in a room for quite some time, and she happened to notice that there was a phone lying there. So she immediately crawled to the phone and started to dial 911. They picked up. And before she could even get a word out, the door swung open. Fuck. The four boys were there. They immediately grabbed the phone, hang up, and they're like staring at her while they're on the phone because they knew 911 was going to call back. They call right back. Hiroshi's looking at Junko the entire time, and he's like, I am so sorry. That was like a butt dial. It was my mistake. We did not mean to call you, um, so don't worry about it. Everything here is fine. And the, the dispatcher was like, okay, thank you so much, and hangs up. But he's staring at her like, you little fucking bitch. So as punishment, this is horrible. So as punishment to ensure Junko could not move or escape again, they grabbed gasoline and lighter fluid and set her legs on fire. So this caused so much pain to Junko that she started having convulsive seizures. The boys claimed that she was faking it. They're like, she's faking it. There's no way this hurts that bad. So when the fire went out, they lit her on fire again for round two. There's but, no way this hurts that bad. Okay, then why don't you try it? Right. You want to try it, you little shit boy? Oh my God, I'm so mad. Right. So, but at this point, oh, so they're, oh she's on God. fire. But at this point, they started sticking large glass bottles into her anus and because of the heat from the fire, they, the glass bottles bursted inside of her, causing horrendous eternal bleeding. So, like, basically, like, when they stood her up, glass was falling out and blood from inside of her. So, and when the cops found her later on um, and they did an autopsy, they said there was so much glass within, with, like, inside her. I have another question. Mm -hmm. Sorry. These men are raping her, but she does have broken glass. In, in her butt. And in her vagina. Yeah. Wouldn't that, like, I mean, cut maybe their... some of it fell out. The, more of the sodomy happened in her butthole. In her butt. Uh-huh. Well, the sodomy is in your butt. Oh, it is. Okay. But you said earlier with the light, light bulb. Light bulb, yeah. But it was just one light bulb in her vagina. I don't know. I don't know if there was glass in there. It could have, I like... just imagine that the penis right, the would touch, touch the broken glass. glass. I know. Okay. Who's to say they didn't, like, rip it out of her? I have no clue. So, um, so then they make Junko, so after they put her on fire and put the glass in her, they make Junko, um, place her hands on the ground and they drop those heavy weights again on her hands and they broke every single bone and ligament in her two hands so that she couldn't grab anything anymore. And they were like, look, bitch, let's see you try to grab something now. So the boys were still livid that Junko kept using the bathroom on herself so they told her that she needs to start using the restroom in the toilet or they're going to beat the shit out of her. How? How so, would she use it in right. the toilet? So they gave her access to a toilet. But again, Junko had no idea when she was going to use the restroom. So she was like, basically... Her legs are burned. I'm sorry. So she was basically just having to, like, 
guesstimate when she was going to use the restroom. So the restroom that she was allowed to use was down, um, down the stairs into like a hallway to the left. And she would crawl like army crawl and it would take her an hour and a half just to get to the restroom to use the restroom. Okay, and in that hour and a half, and in the hour and a half back... Going back up by the time Parents she, didn't see? No, they knew she was there. They just, out of sight, out of mind, they didn't want to see all that. Like, I guess the house is probably really big, and this was kind of more like in a basement area. Um, and That must were, have been a huge-ass house. And they were bringing her to the attic at points, There too. would be blood everywhere. I know. So... Her legs are burned. How is she crawling? I'm sorry. I, I don't know even how they did the fire like, in the house, too. Like... A lot of times why they put out the fire was because they were scared it was going to burn down the house. So they would just, like, set her on fire and then, like, put out the fire. I don't know. Oh, my God. So, at this point, though, Junko is, like, unrecognizable. She's severely swollen. She has pus pockets everywhere from the burns. She's starting to lose all of her hair. She's black and blue from head to toe, and she can barely walk. She can barely talk. She can barely breathe. What do you think her hair is falling out just because all of that's like dead? It's it's burning, stress, all that, you know? So the boys start losing sexual interest in her. So the boys are like, let's go back to the park. We haven't done that in a while. Let's find somebody else. So the four boys make their way to the park again. And this is where they saw a 19-year-old girl heading home from work. They attacked her and they proceeded to gang rape her. And they told her. Don't tell anybody or Yakuza's coming after you. That's why this town, nobody really talked about it because they were so scared of the Yakuza coming after their family. So when you said, wait, how... Because these people were doing it so often, they were so scared of the Yakuza, people would not talk about it. Okay. Um... So since June Like the cartel in Mexico? Yeah, pretty much. The cartel's probably a better... Not the mafia. Cartel's probably yeah, a better... Yeah, because, like, right. I've been to Mexico and, like, we'll be... I was, like, in a restaurant and there were a bunch of, like, um, security guys, mm-hmm. like, dressed in tuxes and, like, in the corner. And there were a bunch of black SUVs. And you mm-hmm. don't drive black SUVs in Mexico. Right. And I was with my ex and he was like, yeah, that's a cartel son. And he was, like probably like 17 had all this like gold jewelry and right. was with like an older woman right like and like wooing her the people in this town knew that the yakuza had a heavy presence there but they just didn't exactly want to do they, with it. like no one says they just cater to them exactly so they raped this lady she was 19 years old uh-huh. um because they were like well junko's not getting us off we don't want her to die we want to torture her but she's not you know beautiful anymore so when the boys would go home, Junko was just there, and she was crying and sobbing. They're like, what the fuck are you crying about? She was like, please just kill me. Please just get this over with. I cannot continue to live like this. You don't need me for anything anymore. Look at me. I'm ugly. I'm horrible. You can go find somebody else, but please just get this over with. I beg you, just kill me, please. I cannot do this any longer. And they laughed, and they are like, no, if you want to die, we're going to keep you alive. Isn't that part of the torture? So she was like, well, shit. So January 4th rolls around and the boys are at home and they're bored. So they decided to play a game of, it's called Mahjong, which is basically like Japanese poker. Mm -hmm. And they challenged Junko to a game of poker. Are her eyes swollen shut from the fucking wax? So now keep this in mind. Her body is covered in burns and sores. She's in pain. She has shattered fingers, shattered hand bones. So she listened to their request and she decided, she's like, I'll play to the best of my ability. Like, you you might need to help me. And the boys were like, yeah, this is one of their favorite games and they just wanted someone to play with. So she, so she played to the best of her ability. And guess what? She beats them all. You're lying. She won. And she was 
had a moment where she was like, she felt good. The boy said that she smiled because she was like, oh, you know, she probably missed yeah, playing like, games. Yeah, like, fuck you. And they punched her in the face. And they're like, how dare you beat us? Like, basically, they were like, how dare you be more intelligent than us? After everything we've put you through, you still can beat us? It was like a slap <laughs> in the face to them. So they were like, you know what? We're going to punish you for beating us. And They, they really just, are children. Yeah, so they gave her a two-hour beating. And it was so bad that halfway through it, the boys had to cover their hands with plastic bags because they were getting so much blood and pus all over them. They didn't want it on their hands. Throughout this, they said that she would convulse. She would have so many seizures. And finally, the boys decided to just top it off and set Junko on fire. Her whole body? mm -hmm. And actually end it? Yeah. So, no, they didn't want her to die. So, in court, one of the guys said that they knew that she was still alive at this point because when they lit her on fire... They thought she was dead because she was, like, um, out of consciousness. But when they let her on fire, she came back alive, and she started crying, and she was, like, trying to put the fire out herself, and she was crying. And then they said she eventually just stopped crying, and she eventually just started to put out the fire, stop trying to put out the fire, and she was dead. So the boys were so scared that they were going to uh, catch the house on fire that they just put put it out themselves. And they noticed that Junko was unresponsive. And they were like, oh my God, what do we do? What do we do? Oh shit, this isn't good. This is not good. This is not good. I think she's dead. So they're like, I have an idea. I have an idea. Yep, she's dead. She's turning black. She's turning blue. She's dead. So they were like, we have to, we have, to have a game plan. So they found a really huge barrel. You know, like one of those ones that people ship like goods in. It was a 55-gallon barrel and they put Junko's body in it. And they eventually filled it with concrete. So, sad note, during her captivity, Junko mentioned to them several times that she was sad that she wasn't going to get to see the final episode of Tonbo Dragonfly, which is like a, I think it's like a Japanese, um, like, show, like, anime show, I think. Mm-hmm. So, the boys found the videotape of the episode that she wanted to see, and they put it in the burial with her, and later they were asked why Like, they the actual videotape? Or the like videotape was oh. in it with her. And later they were like, why did y'all put this in there? And he was like, oh, I didn't pity Junko. I just didn't want her to return as a ghost and haunt me. So they put that in there. As if that's just going to be like, you know what? I was going to haunt your ass. But since you put that tape recording in there, we're good. And a VHS, when did this happen? In the 90s. Oh, okay. 80s and 90s, yeah. So, okay, so they put her in the... Gallon, uh, the 55-gallon barrel, her body filled up with concrete. Okay, so Like this, wet concrete. Until it hardened, yep. So this method is both popular and unpopular, and here's why. So it's popular because if you're near a big body of water, it'll just sink and almost never be found. Nobody would ever just suspect that there's a body in that, right? It's unpopular because it's super risky because if it's found, the concrete keeps everything it's intact. Right. So if they find it and they open it, it's going to be an obvious... We, what the person endured, the autopsy, everything will be everything. Preserved. Yep. So Junko's body is in this concrete, and some people actually call this case the woman encased in concrete. Um, but I don't think that gave this situation justice because um, she endured so much more than just being in concrete. So they load this barrel onto a cement truck, and off they went. And she wasn't a woman; she was a child. Yeah. So they figured that no one would ever associate them with the cement business, and they basically just wiped their hands of this murder. That's what they thought. So wait, where did they leave the barrel? They just put it on, like, an empty cement truck. Uh, like, with the other ones. How like, did they lift it? I 55 gallon? I don't know. I mean, there's... 55 I, gallon I mean, of they, concrete? But they could have had a bunch of those members of the Yakuza come and help. 
Yakuza. <laughs> okay. What's so, a Yakuza? Yakuza. Well, I didn't mean I didn't mean to say Yakuza. Oh. So Yakuza. So Okay, so they thought they wiped their hands clean of this murder until Okay, so do you remember that 19-year-old woman that the boys gang raped? Yes. Well, she lived and she went to the police right after the incident and she demanded justice. She told them exactly what yes. happened. She was like, I know the boys. I've seen them before. I can lead you to them. So the police started investigating, and they found some witnesses. The witnesses said they've seen the boys around time and time again. They know exactly who they are. They were like, they're known rapists. They have ties to the Yakuza. Basically, everybody started coming together to put these boys Which, on. Which, like, that puts them at risk for, like, because where are they finding these people to interview? Right. At the park, They went probably. to the park, yep. So they started putting these boys on blast. So two of the boys, uh, Juan Tanabe and Joe Agura, they were bought it, brought in for questioning. And somewhere in the questioning, the mention of an open murder case was brought up. And, but this was of a young mom and a boy just that happened to happen, not of Junko. Because keep in mind, the police weren't even searching for Junko at this point. They had no idea. They were just trying to solve this mur- uh, rape of that 19-year-old woman. So they brought up the murder case in some instance. And um, they were like, um, like super triggered. They were like, why did they bring up a murder case? You know, do they know what happened to Junko? Like, why else would they bring it up? They're gonna, they're trying to get us for Junko. They're not trying to get us on the rape. They're trying to get us on Junko. Um, so Juan Tanabe, he went to the police um, when they brought him back, and he's like, okay, I need to confess something, but if I do it, will I get a lesser punishment? And the police were like, okay. Again, they were not suspecting these boys of murder. But they're basically telling on themselves. So Juan Tanabe said, okay. Not downplaying rape. Right. So Juan Tanabe said, okay, if you go to this cement truck, you'll see it. It's in one of the drums. So, like, the drum is what they call it. And if you go to those drums of cement, you'll find it. Her. Her. But they're saying, they're referring to the drum. So the police took this information. But again, they're like, what is he talking about? But they're not going to be like, huh? They're like, okay. So they didn't want to let the boys know that they were not even suspecting them of murder. So the police went to that truck expecting to find the bodies of the young uh, mom and boy that they were originally talking about. But to their surprise, they find Junko's body. However, at first, they didn't know it was Junko because her body and her face were so swollen and burnt that she was unrecognizable. So they took Junko's body to the medical examiner examiner <laughs> sorry examiner and um the medical person was like oh my gosh she has had severe damage to her organs her rectal cavity um her uterus is in horrible horrible situation but her guess breasts. but guess what she's pregnant she was pregnant when she died um and they yeah she was pregnant not far along, but she was pregnant. They said about, like, mm, eight weeks pregnant. So, Wait, eight weeks? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. There... Yeah, eight weeks. She wasn't there for eight weeks. Hold on. Eight eight days. I'm sorry. <laughs> <gasps> so a little bitty bitty, like, not... Because, obviously, the medical person was, like... The uterus was so damaged. Yeah. They were like, this baby would not have even... Yeah. Because, remember, they were dropping those weights and yeah. stuff all on her. Um, no, eight days. I'm so sorry about that. I was like, wait, eight weeks. Did she do it? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> did she do it before? I'm so sorry. Eight days pregnant. Um, so, but again, but now they can get them on two murders, right? So, 
they also found a lot of glass broken in her rectum as well. Um, so within uh, days, all four boys are arrested. However, Japan's justice system said, mm, despite the cruel and unusual acts in which the boys... Um, unusual. Unusual <laughs> acts that the boys um, did to her, um, we need to keep their secret... Um, we need to keep their identity a secret because they're just minors. So they didn't want anybody to know that these these boys' names, what they look like. Um, they didn't want society to know. They wanted to protect these boys at all costs. Because of the Yakuza? Yakuza and because they were minors. However, a media outlet did some digging and they were able to identify these boys and blasted it everywhere. They were like, no, they do not deserve to go under the radar. Here's their pictures and here's their names. So everybody in the public was shocked. They were horrified. They were searching for these guys. Like they wanted them. They were out for blood for what they did to this young girl. Now, is their media different, or did they say everything out front, what no. they did? No, only in the court. They didn't, it took people digging and digging for them to realize what actually happened. So, as they were actually listing off the torture and showing crime scene photos during the trial, it was so graphic that people were fainting left and right in the courtroom, because it was so horrifying. Actually, I don't I, think I would have been able to handle it. I actually found a body, a picture of her body. I can show it to you if you want me to, after but this. Was it preserved in the concrete? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Just like you said. So all of the boys pleaded guilty, but not to murder. Not to murder in the third degree, not to murder in the second or the first degree, not to two counts of murder. None. Instead, the, the boys pled guilty to causing bodily harm that resulted in death. So that's like if someone were to like throw a rock at your temple and you just like happen to die from it. That's what they're basically saying they did. Or like if you get in a bar fight and someone punches you and causes... Or does any horrific things for 44 days. Yeah, so they said, well, death was not their end, our end game. We didn't want her to die. And the court said, okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're more sadistic than that. So Hiroshi who was 18 at the time of the murder, was sentenced to 17 years behind bars for the crime. He tried to appeal the sentence. He thought it was too long. And the judge was like, how dare you have the, like, how you have the audacity to tell me that that is too long? So, so the judge was like, okay, well, then you can take 20 years. So he had to serve 20 years. So he was released in 2010, and he's now a free man. And he's, he was 38 years old when he was released. Do not tell me he is married. So Hiroshi's family felt horrible about the situation and they actually sold their house and gave Junko's family the money. They said, wow. you know, I don't, this is not going to bring your daughter back in any way, shape or form, but like, here's the money. And it was $420,000 of US, like US equivalent. Do you think they were scared of their son? Yes, they were all scared of their sons because they all knew that they had ties to the Yakuza. Okay, you did say that. Yeah, okay. so... um. And sadly, Junko's family, they had to go through extensive psychiatric help after hearing what their daughter endured for those 44 days. The mom felt so horrible for not putting up a bigger fight to bring her daughter home that she was like, I have harbored so much guilt from this because I assumed what my daughter was telling me was on the phone was correct, but I should have fought harder. So Minato, he was 16 at the time of the murder, um, and he's the one who it happened inside his house. He received four to six years in prison. That's one, two, three, four, not four D, four. One, two, three, four, max six years. He too appealed the case. The judge was annoyed. It's a fine. Here's five to nine years. So Okay, so what? He was still out before he was 30. Right. This murder happened in his house and his family knew it was going on and 
they like never said anything and the fucking public in japan was pissed because uh, the Minato's family never got anything they never had anything um, charged on them so Junko's family filed a civil lawsuit against Minato's uh, parents and they won I couldn't find how much they won but they won so when Minato got out of prison he moved in with his parents and he never is that why they gave them that money from the house this is a different one that's that's Hiroshi's family Oh. Minato's moved back in with his parents and he never worked. He couldn't get a job. Um, he just used them. So in 2018, though, he was arrested again for attempted murder by beating a guy with a metal rod and then slashing the guy's throat. So clearly the prison system did not work for him and he went back. So uh, Yasushi Watanabe, he was given five to seven years and he's actually kept very quiet after the arrest. He's the only of the four boys who has not been arrested since being arrested for Junko's crime. Oh. So Joe Ogura, he served eight years in prison. Once released, he boasted about it. He would like go to shopping centers and be like, hey, I'm the one that did all that to Junko. See it in the newspaper? Like he was like, oh yeah, like I'm like big and bad. Um, his mom went to Junko's grave and destroyed it <gasps> and vandalized it. And she told the court that Junko ruined her son's life and that she was like a whore. And that, uh, he didn't mean, and that he didn't mean to kill her. She was just a, you know, just a whore. So she vandalized, she graffitied all over the, the tomb. She dug up, she, like she made it look horrible. Wow. So needless to say, all four boys are out and about. All four of them have changed their name, and all four of them still walk the streets today. Are they all still part of the Yakuza? I don't know about that. I actually was kind of nervous even talking so, about like, the Yakuza, because uh, I'm like, what if they hear this? Yeah, I'm sure they're listening. I know, right? But um, They're yeah. the 1% in Japan that's listening. <laughs> but, oh my gosh, isn't that wild? And I don't like, even know a word to describe. And I have photos. I'm not going to post the photos of her. No. Anybody can, like, anybody can Google it. They're there. Um, they have the picture of... And it's actually really hard to find what the boys look like. Because remember, for a while, the public did not want to release their pictures. Um, but now, of course, there's pictures of them. And it's just so strange because they were so young. Like, when you see the picture of the boys, it's like, oh, my God, that looks like a literal, like, middle school kid. Really? How are they capable of even doing this, you know? Oh, God. Like, no. But that is the case of Junko Furuto, which, I mean, we know a lot about true crime. Do you think that that's hands down? That's like. That is the worst thing that's I've the ever worst heard. Thing I've ever heard. And I don't want to do others, like, say, you know, that's the worst, like, because it just feels weird to, like, tear them, you know, because we've read some horrible. But that is, like, that is the extreme. It's extreme and so many different like and it's the, extreme that she lived and survived that and like and the court was like the frustrating well, i know part, she ended up dying but i meant for so long right and the court was so frustrated because they were like why like why did you do this to her why they didn't have a reason they didn't have a reason they just thought she was pretty but see that part to me i'm like if that would have happened now with the like behavioral like Mm -hmm. Those people that, like, study that, maybe they could have given a reason right. to it. Because mm -hmm. they just, it didn't seem, like, sexually motivated. I mean, I guess it was. Cause, At like, first were... it was sexually motivated because they thought she was the most beautiful girl. And she, hands down, gorgeous girl. 
But then it just became a game. A but it dirty, was just like all so controlling. controlling. They love that. Like that just shows like what little bitch boys Where they are. Like trying to why don't you control themselves? your fucking? Why don't you go work and be like a manager? Is that not enough control for you? <laughs> of like a sandwich shop. Like go do something, you little shitty ass bitch boy. Ugh, I can't. Infuriates me because this girl was so bright. She was. So, on her way to do so like she wanted to be a doctor she loved helping people she loved going to school she loved it she loved studying she loved learning i mean in six what she was 16 and she was going to school full-time going to work like she had her shit together and these boys had to come and fucking ruin it it's just and they ruined their family's lives and they ruined their own lives and they ruin their parents or her parents' lives and her family. They ruin lives. my lives, <laughs> lives, life. Only have one life. Do you? But um. Uh, okay, so. I hated that so incredibly much. Can yes. we just go yes. to bed? Okay, thanks guys for listening. Rate, review, subscribe, and oh hate. Oh my god, I thought you said rape. No rate. And if you um, please, if you're listening to this, post it on your story. Um, we love to see it on your Instagram story, and our Instagram is Misery Manor Podcast. See you there, babies. Bye. Bye. Good night. Well, good morning.